This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budget, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Head to NetSuite.com slash C-Suite for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Small Biz. Small Biz America. The Brain. Joining us on this segment is author Christy Strau. She specializes in helping people create profitable businesses doing the work they love. And she's the author of a new book called Passion, Plan, Profit. Twelve simple steps to convert your passion into a solid business. She joins us on the line from Phoenix, Arizona. Christy, welcome to the program. Thank you, David. So starting a business is not for everybody, clearly, uh, particularly in a challenging economy. How does someone know if they have what it takes to turn their passion into a profit? Sort of the difference between <laughs> dating and getting married. When you, when you start a business, it's like getting married. You have to, you make a commitment to it and you have to persist and through you know, the inevitable problems that happen. And it's, it's just like when you're married to somebody, some days are better than others, but that you have an underlying commitment every day, no matter you know, how tough it gets. So there's actually there's two things that you need if you really want to consider starting a business. It's just the, whether you do have the commitment to do the work. And then the other thing, I think, anyway, because I'm all about the passion for the work, is do you have a passion for the work? Do you really, really love it? There's so much competition. You know, we're such an entrepreneurial society in the U.S. that there's lots of people already out there doing some version of what you want to do, and it's really important to have the passion for your work. Because some days, as you know, as everybody knows who has their own business, some days are hard, and you have to remember, you know, why you went into it in the first place and, and hang on to the passion that you have for the work. Okay. So I have this passion and I have this hobby, this thing that I know how to do and I think I'd like to start a business based on this thing I love. What's the question I should be asking? And you've pointed maybe to some of this already, but what's the the core question I should be asking that people tend not to ask that they should ask? Well, there is one more question that's really, really key, is, and that is who is it that you want to do business with? Who are your best customers? Ah. The best way, there's actually a a technical term, which unfortunately I didn't write down, that I saw in the New York Times business section a couple weeks ago, um, for starting up a business quickly and with low resource investment. You know, don't go out and fling your life savings at this thing. And the way you do that is is to go out and figure out who your customers are and start talking to them immediately, even before you invest anything, you know, except your time, and see what people are actually interested in. Really get a, sort of do a 
test marketing in a sense. You know, tell people what it is you want to sell and see who's interested, what the profile is of the people who are interested, what price you might sell things for, um, so that you do a kind of market research and testing yeah. and shape, shape your offering before you get out there and spend a lot of money on it. Yeah, you're grounding it in reality and grounding it in and indicating whether there is a indeed a demand for what you're envisioning yes. could be a business. Yes. You know, I actually, probably because I'm an insane optimist, I think there's lots and lots of markets for lots of businesses that aren't even out there yet. But the key is really understanding who your best customers are, you know, who are your perfect customers. I love the idea of the who, you know, really boil it down. After all, you are going to be selling to people, humans on the planet, and you better know that they want what you've got. You've said that there's two major steps. Okay, so you've decided, yes, uh, you have enough evidence that this business is viable from from the information you have. There are two major steps you've said that someone starting a new business must do. What are they? Well, in addition to the making sure that you know who your perfect customers are and how to reach them. The other very necessary step is to do some numbers, which sometimes scares people. You need to figure out... I've worked with people who, for example, you make a product and it takes you two hours to make it and you charge $50 for the product and the product costs $25. So you net $25 for two hours worth of work, which boils down to $12.50 an hour. So those sort of simple numbers like that, something that you're going to earn $12.50 an hour at, at in, your, in a business, that price is not right. That's not a product that you want to, want to sell or you need to figure out a way to make it quicker. So there's a, there's a financial underpinning to the business, and you have to know, you have to run some pretty simple numbers. I don't want to scare people when I say run numbers because that's one of the things that freaks everybody out. No, the language of it can be ominous, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that that you need to make sure that your pricing makes sense so that you can make a prosperous living at the business. Sure. I worked with somebody one time who charged $50 an hour for her services, and she wanted to make $100,000 a year, and we did the math, and, you know, that was going to take, I forget what, I should be able to do it in my head right now, but I think it's 5,000 hours or it's not 5,000, but it's many, many, many hours that you'd have to bill to um, make the kind of money that you want to make. And so it's that, that arithmetic. I shouldn't even say run numbers. It's arithmetic. It's second-grade math. That's the only kind of skill you need, addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division, just to make sure that what you're thinking about doing makes sense financially. And if it doesn't, that's not a reason to give up. Just tweak your prices. Now, there were two things. Did we get them both? The one was the, the yeah, pricing model. The one is model. to um, know who your customers are. Okay. So know who they are and understand the, the sort of the, yeah. uh, the math underpinnings of what you're proposing. Yes. Let's talk about business planning. Of course, that's the subject of your book, Passion, Plan, Profit. And we'll get to the book specifically, but just to lay the groundwork, what do most entrepreneurs not understand or tend to underestimate about the task of setting out to create a business plan? What do we not get? Well, getting people to actually do a business plan is sort of like, this is a bad thing to say out loud, but it's the truth. It's like pulling teeth because it is the epitome of important, not urgent work that it's it's really, especially if you're really psyched about what you want to do in your business, it's, you can get caught up in the doing easily, quickly. So what 
most entrepreneurs don't understand, unless they're going after money. You know, if you're asking somebody else for money, they would never give you any without a business plan, a really well-thought-out business plan. It's funny that we would do one for someone else, but not for ourselves. What entrepreneurs don't understand is the importance of a plan. It's really, really key to get clear about everything. And we've talked a little bit about the math, you know, running the numbers and the customers, but there's lots of other things you need to really know about before or, you know, right when you get started. Things like how will you talk to your perfect customers? What is your, um, what measurements will you look at daily and weekly? You know, what numbers will you look at to make sure things are on track? What are your goals for the year? What do you want the business to look like in 12 months? So I think most entrepreneurs really... They don't like the idea of doing a business plan. And a lot of people, I think, feel like it's some sort of thing you have to have an MBA to do, which is absolutely not true. You know, it's intimidating. It's a combination of (laughs) my life's work, but a combination of being intimidating and boring (laughs) and taking too long. I think those are the things people think when they think about business plans, and those things are all not true. Christy, have you ever encountered a client or an individual you're working with that actually gets caught up in the planning and doesn't get caught up in the doing? In other words, they, 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 they get stuck in the business plan and never set out to do it? Yes. It's a funny paradox. That's a great question because you can over-plan also. The funny, the other thing about business plans I think that makes them a bit frustrating is people think, well, you know, I've forecasted the future here. It should roll out exactly as I imagined it to. Yes. And, of course, it never does. And, and getting stuck in the planning is a great way to not ever get in the fear and the joy of actually implementing. So, yes, I have worked with a couple of people like that, you know, who don't want to do anything but plan. They don't want, actually want to execute. We're visiting with Christy Strauss. She's the author of Passion Plan Profit, 12 Simple Steps to Convert Your Passion into a Solid Business. The website, www.claritytobusiness.com. Is that the best website for this? Yes. When you set out to write the book, Christy, Passion, Plan, Profit, what was the main theme or idea that you really wanted to communicate? That if you understand that the underpinning of the success of your business is actually the purpose, if you get really, really clear, and that's the first module in the book, if you get really, really clear what the purpose of your business is, not just for you, but for your customers and for the world, you know, if you're looking out that far, when you get really clear about what your purpose is, that everything builds on top of that. I put that module first because the people I started out working with were ones that were really intensely passionate about their business but terrified about the business side of business. Mm. So I get people to connect to their purpose first, and that's, that can be really motivating that once you know why you're in business, everything else can flow from there. So that part is really important and also energizing and motivating. Oh, I love that, the idea. And by the way, that translates to employees. Uh, once you have, if you ever do have employees, uh, getting them on the bus with the purpose is uh, one of the challenges and one of the delights if you can achieve it in, uh, in terms yeah. of running an organization. You have a unique approach to business planning, all of which I'm sure is encompassed in the, uh, the structure of Passion, Plan, Profit. Tell us, talk to us a little bit about what's unique about your approach to constructing a business plan. It's partly based on the idea of getting clear about your purpose first. I'm a little bit maybe more uh, touchy-feely than the average business plan book writer. That I, I think that a lot of 
people have these talents, not a lot, everybody was born with certain talents that were, you know, God-given or whoever, you know, that you were, you were born with these things that are dying to be expressed in the world. And that's the premise of this book, is that if you have a thing that you really, really love to do and you want to make a business out of it, it's possible. That, this book is dedicated to that idea. People have, in the Buddhist tradition, there's a thing called right livelihood. Yes. The work, you know, that you were meant to do. This book is a way for people who, are, who have some work, who are, who are clear about some work that they were meant to do, a way to, to guide them to make a business plan and make a, a real profitable business out of it. You know, there's a lot of angst in the world, and I've experienced it myself a little bit, and you probably have too, is when you're not doing your right work, life's a lot harder. Yeah, things don't and, line know, up. Everybody is, wants to do their right work. You know, lots of people, or maybe your right work is working for someone else. If you if your right work is is doing a thing that you know that is a business for you, that this book will help you make it into a profitable business. Christy, uh, I noticed the cover features Benjamin Franklin. What was it about Franklin that inspired you to feature him on the cover of Passion Plan Profit? <laughs> well, which I should have sent you some of the iterations of the book. I, I actually had one um, iteration of the cover where he was wearing granny glasses, sunglasses. <laughs> Everyone thought that was way too eccentric. But <laughs> except for As if to suggest that entrepreneurs are eccentric. Yeah, just a tad. Some of us certainly are. I picked him because he's a real free thinker. It's an it's a intersection of two things. One, the idea, you know, there's a, a lot of people who are passionate about their work, you know, especially people in the helping professions like chiropractors or acupuncturists or therapists, any kind of healers. A lot of people have this delusion that, you know, I can do my work and I can really love my work, but I can never make any money at it. And I wanted to subtly suggest that that's absolutely not true. And the other thing is Benjamin Franklin. I mean, maybe not the, you know, the role model for your children, but a very eclectic, eccentric, um, creative guy who mm-hmm. had a lot of different businesses mm-hmm. and, you know, invented things. And so he's the patron saint of entrepreneurs. When you talk about starting a business, what often comes to mind is I'll go get a loan, I'll get some outside funding, I'll, I'll leverage out my credit card or a home equity loan if you can lucky enough to find one here in 2010. Why do you suggest it's better to bootstrap and not do it with debt? Debt, it's a bit the voice of experience because I've done it with debt and without. Debt is oppressive, as people who have a lot of credit card debt right now can attest to. Debt and money pressure sap your creativity in a way that nothing else does. And one of the things that every entrepreneur needs to be able to harness more than anything else is our, is our creativity. So anything you can do to lessen the money pressure on yourself will make you more successful. So if that means starting up slowly, I mean, I, I know we don't want to kill ourselves by having a day job and working at our businesses on the night, at night and on the weekends and things like that, but sometimes maybe for a short period that that might be necessary so that there isn't so much pressure. Once... Once you owe money, the, the person you owe money to, you know, needs to get paid. And sometimes that puts an entrepreneur, or, or I could say has put me, 
in a position where I've made decisions about my business that weren't in the business's best interest because I needed to pay the bills. So the, le- the less financial pressure you can have on yourself by owing money, the better off everybody is. Are we talking about really the startup phase, let's call it, of a business? I mean, is there ever a point you, as an author, consultant, trainer, feel that uh, there's, a, there's such a thing as good debt in a business model? And, and how do you know when you're there, if that's the case? Every debt has an upside and a downside. And, you know, in my scenario, I think credit cards mostly have downsides and not much upside. If I was reading an article about the guy that started Chipotle restaurants, I think they have those in New Mexico, but it's a, yes. it's a, it's a fast food or um, sort of organic-ish or natural um, Mexican food place. And, you know, he, in order to open 10 more restaurants, he needed money. Um, and the person he got it from, I think, was his father. So in a scenario like that, wherever you get the money, the person will have some, some or a lot of influence and over what you do in the business. So the real decision is, is the person that you're getting or the place you're getting the money from, are you willing to let them into your business, into the decision structure of your business? And if the answer is yes, then perhaps that's good debt. And if the answer is no, then, then don't grow so fast. You know, sometimes growth, I wouldn't say no overrated exactly, but it's not good for its own sake. You know, there needs to be a reason to grow. And I realize that, you know, people need money to grow, and so, so you have to make the decision at that point. Yes. Not just the interest rate, but um, the other hidden costs. When you're talking to entrepreneurs, Christy Strau, about the, uh, the matter of, okay, uh, everybody's starting a small business now because of the employment um, profile of the USA and otherwise, people that are concerned about an overcrowded entrepreneurial market with zillions of startups that express worry or concern about not being able to make it just simply because of so many startup businesses now, what, how do you respond to them? I, you know, I go back to that <laughs> insane optimism that I have. I think that there are, there's room for lots and lots and lots of small businesses, more, way more than we already have, that there are such interesting little niches. I was actually on a coaching call this morning with one of my clients who is a, an attorney and an engineer. And he has a very specialized set of skills that allow him to mediate disputes in gigantic construction projects. Now, that's a really specialized, very specialized set of skills. But there could be, (laughs) he can be in business and there can be another hundred of him all over the country, you know, for all the kinds of construction projects. There's just, I think there People have such subtle skill sets that, that um, can serve niches that we don't even think about. I have another coaching client who is a, helps people plan meetings, and he has a very interesting intersection of skills from <laughs> knowing how to throw parties and also knowing he's worked with nonprofits for years and years and years. And so Mm. this funny intersection of the ability to throw parties and working with nonprofits creates these amazing conferences and meetings. So I I really think that there's room for lots more businesses. And our 
our key work there is going back to the purpose again. What is it that you bring to the table that people really need? And Christy Strau doing your part to help inspire folks. The book is Passion, Plan, Profit. We've been visiting with Christy Strau. She's the author. Uh, you can find her at www.claritytobusiness.com. So, Christy, you're coaching and consulting. Tell us a little bit about your other activities besides uh, writing uh, this book. One of the things that's really interesting about this book that you alluded to a little bit in the previous question is, and, and all business line books are like this, is um, it's difficult to buy a book. I shouldn't say this about my own lovely book, but I think it's true. It's all right. You're allowed. Buy a book and actually do the work. Get to the last page and finish the work. So one of the things yeah. I do is, is lead groups going through the book together. I'm in the middle of doing one right now, which is so exciting. <laughs> yeah. People are really keying off each other. And I do coaching, and I'm writing a second book called You Hate to Market and What to Do About It. (laughs) Beautiful. Uh, We'll look forward to that as well. We'll uh, do this again for sure. Christy Strau, thanks so much for joining us on the program. Once again, it's www.claritytobusiness.com. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, David. I really appreciate it. Small Biz America. The Brain. Online at smallbizamerica.com. Small Biz. Small Biz America. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.